We have audio. We have levels. We have liftoff. Do you see the peaks and the valleys? Yeah. Do I need to do anything with this now that it's no. going? No. Totally good? Yeah. Although, like, to be fair, I don't know what went wrong with the last recording, so. Yeah. Might be worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. Hulu has live sports. Did you know that? I did, but I sure don't know how to reach them. It's like how Hulu has other live shows, right? What? You, you know what I mean? Hulu no. has, like, live shows. But you have to, like, pay something special. I was like, it's like an additional, like, it's like a different, like, package. Uh, a different Hulu package. Yeah. Basically. In order to get the live sports shit, I guess. Are you commercials on this time? Trying to watch some fucking basketball. Trying to watch some Here we go. fucking basketball. Alright. There we go, regular camera. Actually, I don't know. No, it's not. Look. What the fuck are you choosing, Jake? It well, okay. Well, do you want to fucking see? Yeah, I do. I wasn't paying attention last time. Here's the game. Cast. Okay. See this over here? Watch live? This is what I click on. Go to watch. Why is your mouse cursor like that? Uh, that is only on that screen. Oh, okay. No, I don't fucking care about it. There you go. Above the, the room cameras. cameras. What? Who wants this? What? No, what the fuck? This sucks. What the hell? Oh well, I mean, it's better than nothing. I suppose. You can watch... Isn't you can watch the... Donovan Mitchell miss from the rim's perspective. Oh, <laughs> shit. But you can't really tell who's shooting also from this perspective. Like, I don't know who that was. I think that's Joe Ingles. No. It's 31 here. Oh. Ooh. Oh my god. Okay, well this is the show we are recording. I'm gonna turn the gain down a little bit actually. It's a little bit loud. Okay. We are recording and this is a very, very special episode of more podcasts about buildings and food. The holiday special. Yes. Honestly, basically. It's Easter. True. And for this Easter season, we're watching basketball, and we're going to be talking about basketball. Unless Jake is going to watch some Twitch now, I guess. Which, you know. Oh, is, does, is Overwatch over for the day? Oh, he sure is. He. What the fuck? Mr. Overwatch. Okay, well, okay, who won? Oh. Yeah. To do the alerts from your computer come through the recording? Nope. Okay, because that one just scared the shit out of me. All right, well, listeners, just ignore whatever I just said. Um, so we're talking about basketball today. Basketball is my favorite sport. Yeah, did you catch that? That was it. I... And started doing 
Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna, I'm going to continue doing that. Or we're going to continue doing that. Um, it's an executive decision on my part. So, yeah, we're talking about basketball. Basketball playoffs have started since last time we talked about basketball. That was back in, like, March, I think. Like, early March. When we talked about basketball. A lot has changed since then. I recall saying that Paul George was an MVP candidate back then. Yeah, let's take stock of Let's take stock of what, I guess, we didn't talk about food at all, but... We'll get to buildings later. Well, no. First of all, okay. rest in peace to the Notre Dame Cathedral. Okay. Oh! See? First, first time we ever talk about buildings. Well, okay, Notre Dame is also not Oh, no, dead. I'm... Yeah, no, I'm not being super genuine there, but... Oh, okay. You know, a lot of people care about that, and it sucks. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's gotten like a billion dollars yeah, to pretty be much refurbished, which, you know, take that however you will. Yeah. Um, but, you know what else is a billion dollar enterprise is the NBA. There we <laughs> go. NBA, the NBA playoffs. So, we're going to kind of back start, on track. Yeah. So, I'm Jake, by the way. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm. Yeah. See how being behind the fucking being in the phones fucks you up? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm Zach. This is my brother Jake. This is our show. More podcasts about buildings and food, where we talk about buildings and food mostly. But today, <laughs> occasionally other things. We're gonna take take stock in basketball. Um, today's show specifically, we are gonna look at oh my the god, deep three regular season. Sort of a wrap up on that. Our sort of thoughts on the awards coming up for basketball and also we're going to go into the playoffs as they have occurred today is april 20th oh my god it's 420 we're all high in this library right now yeah don't tell the the principal yeah the principal pit (laughs) um he can he he can suck my shorts oh shit Hope he doesn't listen. Hope he's not a fan of the show. Um, yeah, it is April twentieth. Um, so we are pretty deep into round one mm-hmm. of the playoffs. We sure are. we're in we're in the uh, second middle act. Yeah, second we act. had today. We had the Sixers game. Sixers, four. Denver, and yes. Milwaukee so far. And right now we are watching uh, the. Rockets and Jazz play yes. Game 4. They are on TV in the room with us right now. Game 4? Game 3. This is Game this 3. This is Game 3. First game in Utah. Um, but first, let's take stock of what we talked about last time. So, some of the more egregious things that we got wrong, if I recall. One, Paul George. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I don't want to... I think what we said about Paul George... What we said about Paul George was... Is in hindsight now mostly speculation. At the time, what we said about Paul George was spot on. Saying that he was an MVP candidate, saying he was having an incredible season. That shoulder injury that we talked about and that we said Mm -hmm. will write the the rest of Oklahoma's season. We were spot on about that, let me tell you. And three games into the playoff series, we were right about, about that, for sure. We were very wrong about saying the Blazers were going to drop. Yes, they in fact rose. <laughs> so, fuck us. Um, I believe I said the Rockets and Thunder 
were the only two real challengers to the Warriors. That's looking... I don't know so much about the Thunder anymore. Yeah, Thunder aren't, but... The Blazers look good. Blazers look good. They won't beat the Warriors, though. Sure. Rockets, for Rockets sure. Rockets beat the Warriors. Rockets are a challenger. I would say the Bucks are, too, honestly. Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, like, Bucks are also playing the Pistons. They're just really good. If they can heal up over the course of the playoffs, right now they're missing Malcolm Brogdon and I believe, oh, Nikola Miritich. If they can heal up on uh, over the course of the first two rounds of the playoffs, which I anticipate them to get through without much difficulty, they're going to be a real challenger to the Warriors, I think. Who will they play next round? Boston. Oh, that one completely wrong about... I said the Pacers were going to win that series, and so far the Pacers probably the biggest disappointment of the playoffs so far. Yep. But down three or nothing. Probably hit the pause button on this specific conversation because I think it makes sense to start not by looking towards what we got wrong about the playoffs, but just looking at the regular season in general. So, what are some of your thoughts about this year's regular season? We don't have to go super in-depth. I mean, I think part of what we were just talking about was about the regular season, about how Portland yeah, did not, you know, they lost their starting center and they got did. better. Yeah, they did not um, give up. The Thunder made the crucial decision to not sit Paul George at all, and instead ate a bunch of losses, and also did not, do not have a fully healthy Paul George. Yeah, when they need him most. Yeah. Everybody does that. Every team does that. It seems they hit that crossroads sometime or other and decide, you know what? I'd rather mm-hmm. win now. I want to win now. Than win in the future. Yeah. And they get neither, actually. Yeah. It's just how that happens. It's a short-sighted. It happens every single time, I feel. But it's a very short-sighted form of player management. I swear. Thunder, just get a better coach. That team is a threat. You don't think Billy Donovan is it? Billy Donovan, he's, like, not a bad coach. I mean, he's had... He's got an imposing heroin. Yeah, he did, yeah. But, like, if they can get somebody who can actually develop shooters, I feel, oh. develop offensive players, like, the Thunder defense is, like, very good. They've been good all year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Paul George, pre-injury, was a defensive player of the year candidate, for sure. Arguably the best two-way player in the league. Um, but if they can get a coach, I think they need a coach in there who can coach up offense because that is where they're missing. Is they just need some, like outside of Russ and George, that team didn't have anybody down the stretch, and it showed when they lost what, like, eight in a row or whatever it was in March. Mm. It was a really ugly stretch that tanked their high seed aspirations. Counterpoint. Have you heard of Terrence Ferguson before? I have not. Well, he can apparently shoot. <laughs> so, well, something that we found out very recently. Yes. Um, I think the, uh, what do you think about the bottom seeds of the East? How that race shook out? Uh, well, I'm glad that the Magic have jumped in yes. to the mix. I'm glad that which I Which is what you that. were talking about, yep. yeah. I, uh, that was looking really risky there for a second. I think you were the only person watching any Magic games <laughs> this season, so... I was fall. I, you know, I always like... Took a lot of people by surprise. I, yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody was expecting them to make the playoffs this year. But, like, I, I mean, I always love those types of 
teams where it's like, oh, this, like the Kings as well. Oh man, the Kings are good. Kings are gonna be good here soon. De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, man, De'Aaron Fox something. is nice. Can you shoot? Uh, he may got a lot better at shooting this year. Good. That's yeah. all he needs. Um, but the Magic were one of those where it was like, this team has been bad so long, and like. I was such a big fan that Vucevic got an all-star uh, nod this year. That like And like seeing the team play like really fucking well, especially in the second half of the year, like it was awesome. Um, so I'm really glad they made it in. They're not going to make it out of the first round, but like I'm really glad they made it in. And like they're giving Toronto the absolute... The most. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised the Nets got in. The, there was a real uh, danger there in the last like two weeks where it looked like the Nets could drop out of the playoffs completely, which was really surprising to me because they've seemed like a lock of like the sort of bottom level East playoff teams. Well, that, who's between them? Between who? The Nets. And, oh, never mind. I don't know why I was thinking Magic Word in the eighth seed. For a second there, because they're the seventh seed. Well, the Nets, I think it went down to, I think, literally the second to last game of the season that the Nets were able to leapfrog the Magic, which was like really weird because the last time we talked about basketball, they were firmly in the sixth seed. They had like three games on the next best team, I think, which was, you know, I'm glad they made it in too because I think the Nets are also like really good actually so I'm glad they made it in Pistons are not good but like they're there they're there Pistons or Hornets it's like well one of them's gotta make it in (laughs) you know one of them's gonna get in there's like a like legitimately great player on each team Blake Griffin's had an awesome year Kemba Walker's had an awesome year it would be like if one of them gets like Whoever, whichever of those teams got in, it would be like, that's cool that this player got in the playoffs after this season. It was cool seeing that it was Blake after his first full year in Detroit. Well, Blake has been injured for these first yeah, handful of games, unfortunately, so it's he not even really like uh, we're seeing him in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that's true. But, you know, the Pistons, it was always more of like, it was never, obviously, especially against the Bucks, whoever the eight seed was, it was never like, oh man, they might steal a game. Because the Pistons and Hornets are not good teams, I don't think. But it was more of just like, oh, it's nice seeing this player in the playoffs after the year they had. Mm-hmm. It's nice seeing Dwayne Casey not missing a beat. Mm-hmm. I think this season, more than, especially like, more than any since the Warriors dynasty, this season felt like the next era of basketball is like upon us. Like, Eric Gordon is taking some bad shots right now. Yeah. Oh, that was PJ, never mind. Like, this season felt like this was the year, and we're going to go into the uh, awards, sort of our thoughts on the awards here in a minute, which will reflect this. But this season felt like the year that, like, the field sort of evened out. Like, you see, you would see in years past where, like, some seeds in the East were, like, absolutely had no right playing the playoffs 
compared mm-hmm. to some seeds that didn't even make it in the playoffs to the West. Mm-hmm. And this year, it's like, well, the Kings... I distinctly remember those conversations. Yeah. Like, like, should we just blow up the playoff structure? Yeah. Which, I think there's still an argument for that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you look at the Kings record, uh, and we'll check really quickly here what the Kings record was. But you look at the Kings record, and it's, like, totally comparable with the teams that just missed in the East, which is, like, really cool that I think we're starting to even out. Like, we what? Yeah, like, the Kings and Hornets had the same exact record. And they were both... Oh, Joe Ingles is jawing. Oh, yes. hold me back, team. Ang- Angry Man Joe. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you a see, beer bottle at the refs. Did you see DeRozan try and throw a ball at the refs? No, I didn't. Scott Foster, yeah. What the fuck? He was pissed off. People will be pissed at refs. Yeah, they hate him. <laughs> Tony Brothers not having it. Mm-hmm. He had that shit on his walk. Um, but this regular season, I feel like, felt like the realignment year, right? Where it was like, or the beginning of the, like, sort of more long-term realignment. Like, it's a, theoretically the last year of the Warriors' dominance. Mm-hmm. It's potentially the first year of the Bucks' dominance. We're getting sort of a... The, oh, Gobert's so big. He's massive. Um, we're getting the... I feel like it's the last year the Raptors are going to be, like, yeah. high seed relevant. I mean, they're not, like, unless Pascal Siakam turns into... Oh, we'll get to... Number one guy. We'll get to Pascal, trust me. Then they're not going to have anybody to fill the Kawhi void. Um, but it feels like this is the last year, unless, like, barring unforeseen things, that the Raptors are really going to be a title-contending team. Um, obviously next year we get Zion to theoretically the change the paradigm once again. Mm-hmm. We get... Kyrie's probably leaving. True, it's going to be a huge offseason. Like, this this season, like, obviously this offseason, like, everything's going to change, and we'll have an episode about that. Um, but it sort, of, it sort of felt like this season was preparing for that, right? Like, the Nuggets are the fucking two seed. Nuggets haven't made the playoffs since, like, 2012. Or, actually, I don't know if it was that long, but it's been a while since the Nuggets made the playoffs. Like, it felt like the playing field was a lot more even this well, year. Yeah, and I think that, symbolically, I guess, then this is, like, most prevalent with the whole LeBron situation. Mm-hmm. This is the first year in at least a decade that LeBron has not made the playoffs he's on a new team he's in the west first year in eight seasons I believe where he hasn't made the finals oof I don't know quick math on top, off the top of my head quick math I but think that's it's been a case. while yeah but then like now like that's like the like the, the end of that feels like the beginning of the end of a bunch of other things mm-hmm. of Maybe Boston's future relevance, although they have some young guys. Who knows? Who knows? Boston's a big question mark. They didn't have a super great year. They had a, no. by all accounts, a super disappointing year. Yes. Uh, beginning of Philly's long-term stagnation, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> beginning of the Milwaukee's uh, championship relevance. Mm-hmm. The end of the Warriors' mm-hmm. championship relevance. The end of... Uh, who else? I mean, maybe the end of the Blazers. Potentially. It's been, yeah, but it's maybe been... Maybe the s- end of OKC, too. 
potentially. I, I don't know. They just they have Paul George and Russ. Anything is possible. Well, Paul George might leave. Oh, the end of the Raptors too. Um. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think that totally holds. Like it does feel like this season was the sort of end of it, the last five or six years of basketball and the beginning of the age of the actual like unicorns taking over, right? Um, which I think this leads us into, let's talk about MVP. Very, uh, what's the word? Hotly contested subject in NBA thinking people's quarters this year. The basketball intelligentsia. Yes, yes. Truly, I feel like the MVP race this year uh, personifies that sort of change in the league better than like just about anything we could say which is you have you have it's i mean like it's james harden versus Giannis, Giannis, yeah right it's the future versus the perfectionist of the current right like Giannis is how old is Giannis? 23 i always forget some shit two years older than us yeah really fucked up uh he's 24 he jumped out He's 24. Giannis, obviously, just is reshaping basketball to his image, it seems, with every game. And this season was absolutely jaw-dropping. James Harden, I feel like it cannot be overstated how much James Harden, like, accomplished this year on an individual, like, statistical level. Mm -hmm. Just, like... Two, absolutely. Like, genuinely this year, it's like, whoever wins is totally deserving of it. But they're so, it's so different, I think, just looking at their play styles, looking at the type of basketball they play. Like, is so fascinating, I think, to see, like, one is very clearly the future of the league. And, yeah, like, James Harden obviously has been doing this for, what was it, he's finished top two in MVP for the last five years. That's incredible. Like, Like, that is amazing, including the win last year. Like, James Harden, it somehow feels like it's still underrated Mm -hmm. among the great players of our era. Yeah. When he is arguably a top three greatest player of our current era of basketball. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, well, see, I'm at a disadvantage because I didn't really watch a whole lot of the regular season. Uh, only down, really down the stretch was I, like, tuned in. Um, but, like, the things that I kept hearing was how good Giannis was and about James Harden's January. Mm-hmm. Um, how those were two just, like, monumental things. Mm-hmm. I suppose Harden's probably being more so, if I could guess. What exactly was his January again? It was he averaged. It was, well, he scored thirty plus points in like thirty two straight games. Yeah, and I believe he was averaging over forty points for a significant amount of that. Yeah, it was absurd. Um, this is all while Chris Paul was out. Yes. Um, and Quinn Capella. And Capella, yep. Um, Capella, the sneaky third piece of. Mm-hmm. He does a lot. What makes the Rockets good? Ooh. Speaking of which, he just uh, playing defense right there. How about that? 
Um, uh, but I've always been like a Harden fan. I've always liked Harden as a player. Yeah. Well, not always. There were there were some years with Kevin McHale uh, at coach that like I hated the Rockets. <laughs> he, These were the Dwight a, Howard years. Yeah, they played a bit of an ugly. They played extremely ugly basketball, and Harden was part of that. Um, where his game was mostly derived from drawing fouls. Yes. And that was just not a very fun thing to watch. But then D'Antoni came in, and suddenly we are fucking cooking in Houston. And I've been a fan since then. He realized there was a great quote from D'Antoni this year of where he was, like, paraphrasing here. How did he get that? Paraphrasing. Oh, also, I don't know if we mentioned, but we're watching the Rockets Jazz game. Game three going on right now. So we make comments sort of that seem out of place and that's probably what we're referencing yeah probably not great audio but whatever um but there's a great quote from d'antoni this year where he was like i don't even coach harden i just like give him like i just wanted him to have the ball and he he goes from there and it's like i mean the rockets are almost like outside of maybe the warriors the rockets are maybe the per like the perfect like self running team Mm -hmm. like you just like flip the switch and like let them go they've got cp3 they've got Harden. that's like all the offense you need cp3 is great on defense too and like you just like let those guys do their thing they have a ton of shooters so like there's always there's space everywhere Mm -hmm. um and it just kind of like is like (laughs) self-perpetually it's like a perpetual motion machine it honestly is i feel like this is weird but i feel like the Rockets, so James Harden carried the Rockets a lot this year, like, it was mm-hmm. pretty incredible that they were, like, in the running for a two seed after looking at some of the uh, challenges they faced this season, because he really did. There was, I mean, January, he put the entire team on his back, and it was, like, fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, I'm not quite sure how it happened, but they did try, well, PJ is not looking good. Um, I'm not quite sure how it happened, but the Rockets did end up dropping down to the four seed in the playoffs. That was very weird. A whole string of events. Yep. And uh, last minute wins by Portland and uh, Denver, Denver mm-hmm. made it that way. Um, but like the Rockets also look like one of the th- three best teams in the league right now. Yes, absolutely. So like, and they, they have for a good while. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but like, like without being said, I suppose then like with my limited uh, frame of reference, then I would say Harden. You would? Yeah. I would also say Harden. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm... Giannis, just for a second, Giannis, this has been Giannis's stat line this year. Well, okay, but let's also figure that Giannis is, like, this is not going to be the end of Giannis. It's not going to be the end of Harden either, but, like, oh, of course Giannis not. is probably going to continue getting better. Oh, well, actually, one more thing about Harden before we sort of talk about Giannis' season a little bit is, so you sort of touched on how free throws used to be, like, such a huge part of his offensive performance, which it, they were, like, immediately. Like, James Harden is still probably the best player I've ever seen at drawing fouls mm-hmm. and getting to the line, and he shoots very well at the line, so, like, that does actually account for a significant amount of his offense. But this year, he's perfected the step-back three and broken the entire game of basketball Yeah, in one simple movement. It is really incredible to watch. Like, genuinely, that shit 
is futuristic. Like, what he is doing with the Step Back 3, like, it is unbelievable. And he's... There were, like, a lot of stats floating around there, a lot, like, probably around February, whenever, like, MVP talks really started heating up about Harden's step-back usage, that he's taking more step-back threes this year than some players are making threes, like, total. I remember that, yeah. Like, just... It's become an, like, genuinely unguardable tool in his, like, mm-hmm. arsenal that is just devastating to watch. Because, <laughs> like, you know it. Like, when you see him dancing around behind the arc, then it's, like... It's important, because, like... Either you commit to him and he just blows past you for mm-hmm. an easy layup, maybe drawing the foul along the way, or you bite and he fucking knocks you to the ground and sinks a three over your corpse. Yep. Yep, it's... absolutely. He is so good at reading the defender's body language, too. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, the like, elite offensive players are all extremely good at that, but James Harden is incredible at, like, determining, like, where... Rubio with a strange shot <laughs> at determining where like how the defender is like shifting their weight even to know like where they're off balance like it is mm-hmm. fucking incredible how James Harden yeah, is able like to like manipulate defenders some fucking like science shit um James Harden is one of the best offensive players of all time yes I think very easily I think honestly MVP or not like, James Harden has a claim to probably the second-best shooting guard ever after this, at, like, ever. I'm not down to Congratulations at the moment. Congratulations to Dwayne Wade on his Hall of Fame eligibility yes. also, also, should yes. be said. <laughs> Shout-out to Dwayne Wade. Shout-out to Dirk as well. Um, Just wanted to get that out there, but... James Harden, though, in no, yeah, Harden the whole season... A season that generally probably it's hard because like you know, I totally forgot that Kobe was shooting a shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, would you take Kobe over Harden? No. Okay. I mean, like that. Like I was genuinely like, you know what, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne is. Wade. See, to me, Dwayne Wade would be number two as well. Yeah. And like I know I'm ignoring the old ones, but whatever. The old Jerry ones. West. I <laughs> the think, old was gods. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> but James Harden is just a. He has perfected his game to the level, and to... I mean, Clyde Drexler ain't doing it for you. Sorry, Jerry West. Clyde the Clyde. The Logo. The Logo (laughs) is such a good nickname, though. (laughs) It really is. That's an elite-level nickname. (laughs) Um, But, man, James Harden is just incredible. One of the best offensive seasons, I think, there's ever been. I mean, second highest per game scoring since Michael Jordan. 36 and a half. 36 points a game. Just unbelievable. But the second contender who, weirdly enough, actually, feels like it is roughly 50-50 between Harden and Giannis, but not in this room, baby. We're all Harden in here. Mm-hmm. But I love Giannis deeply. He is quickly becoming one of my favorite players, and I think he has many MVPs down the line, if not this year. He... He is Shaq from 30 feet out, is the common way I feel it is to describe him. He is a force of nature. It is <laughs> fucking incredible to watch Giannis play and to watch him dominate. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't seen a whole lot of that this offseason or this postseason because I just don't make it a point to watch Pistons games. Um, but I am excited for him to slice Boston to pieces. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Giannis is third in the league in uh, points per game, 27.7, behind Harden, obviously, and Paul George. Uh, noteworthy, though, is that Giannis played four less minutes a game on average than them. The thing was, like, this is, like, all the knock against Giannis's MVP candidacy, I feel, is the Bucks are a really good team without him. With him, they are arguably the best team in the league. But, like, it's like, you know, if well, you okay. want to bring in the value, what is, like, value sort of question, then, like, James Harden is far more valuable to his team. But Giannis is the best player on probably the best team in the league. And, like, he does mean the most to that team. Like, See, I don't even know if I would buy that argument. Because, like, I would much rather have a, any team with Chris Paul than any team with... than a team made up of, like, where, like, Chris Middleton is, like, your number one guy. Right? Like, Milwaukee, without Giannis, I feel like is at best a seven seed. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. They've got good... I'm not saying they don't have good guys, but, like, I don't see any of those guys. I mean, like, I guess they're the Nets, right? Without Giannis. Where it's like... <laughs> although even, even the Nets have D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. Um, so I guess more accurately, they are the Magic. Like, they had... I don't, I don't know. I think that's selling them short a little bit. Maybe. They're a really good team. Like, they, no, what they are is the uh, oh, 2015 God. Atlanta Hawks. Harden can pass, too. <laughs> yeah, folks. He can do it all. What uh, what the Bucks are is the 2015 Atlanta Hawks. Are Fittingly, they? also coached by Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, then. Yeah. With, I mean, like, they're a team... Like, they... The Bucks, for reference... There, I wish I could get the splits with and oh God, without. Donovan Mitchell. I wish I could get splits, pull up the splits really quick of their ratings with and without Giannis on the court, because that would be very useful. It would be the plus minus. Um, actually, I'm looking up right now. Let me see if I can pull this up. But their overall, net, they lead the league in the net in net rating. It is, I believe, twenty seven. They play net def- rating. They play off. They're the best defense in the league, by a good margin. They're a top five offense in the league. Um, they are just an awesome fucking team. I don't think I'm going to find this information real quick. But I don't think that the Rockets are like trash tier without Harden. Like I think the amount that they each of these players improves their teams is like comparable. So I don't really buy that as a way to discredit Giannis. I think, I guess just looking at the season because cool. Houston did deal with injuries. Like, without Harden, they'd be dead. Oh, yeah. And, but looking at this... But like, season, on a neutral playing field. On like, a neutral... Yeah. Yes. On a neutral, like, fully healthy, like, then, yeah. I think they're probably close, honestly. I wouldn't say, like, the Bucks are significantly better than the Rockets. But, yeah, I guess this, I would say the supporting class... Supporting cast, excuse me, are... Very similar in that they're both really good. The Bucks are a very good team. Giannis is just a whole 
different beast, though. Uh, all right, so that's MVP. Well, hold on, one more bit about Giannis is that he started the season very rough. Oh, I'm sorry, Giannis was playing 27 minutes a game. Oh, wait, no, that's the playoffs. Never mind. <coughs> sorry. Um, I was like, hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> we have to reevaluate our standards. <laughs> it's fucked up. He'd be scoring a point a minute. If ever oh, my God. Um, no, I was right. I mean, minutes. Harden was kind of almost doing it. Yeah, he, honestly, he was really close, <laughs> um, which is crazy. Oh, my God. He would be scoring, like, a round. Oh, of, God. Oh, fuck. 100 points per 100 possessions, which is unbelievable. Um, but Giannis... So Giannis still can't really shoot, which is fun, but he has improved recently since like February. His shooting has gotten a little bit better. He's still on the season shooting a little over 25% though, with not many attempts a game. Uh, from three. From, from three, yes. Um, regular field goal percentage is like very good, 57.8% on the season. Like he's just so... He will destroy you. Chris Paul is just having a nightmare shooting. <laughs> we love to see that, folks. We um, hate Chris Paul, don't we, folks? But real quick, last thing about Giannis, I want to say, I think... Actually, no, I'll save that because that's a separate award. So you and I both go James Harden then. I think so. I, I agree. I think what he did this year is... Oh, again, I'm... Unimpeachable. I'm the guy voting choosing best picture without having seen all the nominees so take that you You didn't have to be that guy you chose to be that guy sure that's correct all right so next award is defensive player of the year probably paul george no Giannis, baby okay i mean you're about to think what you want (laughs) how about you fuck off oh uh, jesus i'm sorry about that listeners uh is he honest he is is Jan. He is a defensive just sledgehammer. What he does defensively is so fucking cool too. Because like we're watching Rudy Gobert, who is also a fine choice for defensive player of the year. I would say. He got um, robbed one year, didn't he? He won last year. Oh, did he? Yeah. He didn't oh. make the All Star team this year. Maybe that's oh. what you're thinking of, which was a little iffy because little sus. Yeah, because Kyle Lowry made it. Which is really just which we'll get strange, to <laughs> yeah. But Giannis defensively, this this is obviously Giannis's defensive uh, performances do also contribute to his MVP case. But he is so cool because like the way Bucks use him is they put him on, and I'm explaining this also to you because I don't think you know this because you haven't been as closely following regular season. But the way the Bucks will use him is they. They use him like a free safety, basically, where they will like kind of like maneuver to put him on the weakest shooter on the offense, so then he can just sort of like patrol the paint, and it can be and because like of his like freakish dimensions, like he can be anywhere on the like uh, sideline to sideline within like three strides. He's like slender man, basically. Like, he can be, like, pretty much anywhere inside the arc in two steps. So they, like, put him on, like, the weakest shooter so that they can, like, sort of just allow him to, like, if somebody's driving, Giannis can cut through into the paint to contest or to block or uh, to space them out or whatever. Or 
if another shooter has the ball, he can get to them very quickly and contest it as well. And, like, it's fucking awesome how they use him, as opposed to, like, a guy like Rudy Gobert, who is usually uh, hold up near the basket in the paint and but just eats shots for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Rudy Gobert has been very, very good. Well, can Giannis, like, defend shooters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, not only is he on the weakest one, but he can just eliminate the weakest shooter as well. On ball, he's actually... Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly about his on-ball, off-ball defensive comparisons. But, yeah, the way they use him is so cool, and the Bucks have a fucking awesome defense. I believe their defensive rating is 90. I'm going to no double-check that. Because I'm not sure. That seems stupid. Uh, I don't think that's real. That I might be for this playoff series. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it might be lower for this playoff series. Um, let me look. Defensive rating. We can probably edit this pause out because I'm actually everyone find this stat. Enough of these commercials. Oh, I'm gonna have to stop watching this game. Battery's dying. Sure is. You know what, folks? I don't have a charger. Okay, their defensive rating is 104.9. Yeah, I was gonna say 90. Not 90. Yeah, I. I 90 think that is... might be honestly their playoff rating defensive rating yeah that sounds more correct than their regular whatever rating um yeah but a 104.9 defensive rating is extremely fucking good and Giannis is like there's some really good defenders on there Chris Middleton's good on defense Malcolm Brogdon's really good as a wing Mm -hmm. defender but uh, Giannis is the sort of the keystone to that defense being as good as it is. So I think he should win. You already right. have a horse in this race. So what's next? Rookie of the year? Sure. Who you, who you got? Uh, oh, forgive me for running through the... Oh, Luca. Luca? Yep. I do too. <laughs> He's good. Luca is good. Um, this was looking like a much more wrapped up race before the All-Star break, but Trey Young has had an awesome second half of the year. Trey Young has arrived, as they say. Mm. All I hear is how he's not even the best point guard in his class. Uh, we'll get to that, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we will get to that. Um, yeah. Luca's really good. Luca has, like, some real star potential, I'd say. And coming out, like, everybody loved Luca. To put a bow on the Harden discussion, and this is, I guess, jumping the gun a little bit, but right now he is 0 for 10 from the field in this Jazz game. That's not great. <laughs> Jazz have a good defense. Pretty bad. They're a different team at home. Donovan Mitchell is sure going to like fuck it. off. He sure is. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um... I agree, Luca. Though Luca is. Are there any other strong contenders besides Trey Young? Marvin Bagley, is that a good year? I think better than we, you and I, were. I heard somebody say that he's gonna end up being better than Luca. He could be. I actually, I watched a video today about Marvin Bagley's rookie season, 
um, from his when he's attacking the rims, trying to score from his left, he's like elite. From his right, he's terrible. Really? Yeah, like from the right side of the court, like he's just not really good, like maneuvering in that space. But from the left, he's really good. So like, if he can figure that out, he could be really, really good. That's weird. But yeah, he's a. Oh, somebody brought pizza. I think at the draft when the Kings took Bagley, we were like, the Kings fucking Kings did up by not taking Luca. Like Luca was the obvious pick. I remember you being like that, and I remember I was like that too to some extent. But I, I was also like, you know, maybe Bagley will pan out. And it seems I, like he's doing a okay. Yeah, and seeing De'Aaron Fox's progress this year also made that a lot more make a lot more sense because if they drafted Luca, they would have basically seeded De'Aaron Fox's development to Luca. Sure. Which it, uh, we actually saw that in Dallas with them trading Dennis Smith yeah. as well. Which that would have essentially been Fox, which would have been disappointing to see. Yeah, because Fox is super good. He's really good. Um, um, DeAndre Aiden do anything that stands out? Or is he another rookie in Phoenix? Uh, Aiden? Let me look up his stats. Uh, Phoenix was obviously terrible again <laughs> this year. So... As is tradition. So, like, stats probably don't really tell the whole story with that team. He had 16 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 1.8 assists a game. Which is, like, those are good numbers mm-hmm. for a rookie year. Like, those are sure. really decent. 30 minutes a game. Not bad. Yeah. Alright. He had a negative 5 net rating. I mean, that's... How much of that is on him? True. True. Yeah. Uh, his big weakness coming out, I remember, was his defensive, like, IQ, defensive uh, effort. But, like, it's that's hard to measure on a team as, for a team as bad as the Suns were. Yeah. Like, it's hard to look at DeAndre Ayton's stats, like, defensive stats, and be like, ah, oh, yeah, you really struggle with this when everybody was fucking scoring at will on Phoenix. Um, pretty decent, though. Like... I still, really, I still think DeAndre Ayton can be fucking awesome. I think we said that he was like a DeMarcus Cousins type potential coming out of the draft. I still think that's there as long as the Suns don't fuck him up. But uh, just no guarantee. Trey Young's been awesome, honestly. He's a he's a really fun. He's gonna be a really fun player for the next while. And Luca as well. Luca's just an offensive sort of like super super skilled player already um not neither is really great defensively the idea is Luca can get better defensively whereas Trey Young is six foot tall so he's already sort of limited but it turned out to be it's a pretty good race actually not as much of a blowout as it appeared in like January when Trey Trey Young was shooting terrible from three to start the year He was shooting, like, 20%. I think all rookies do, though. Yeah. I think the hope is that, like... Like, Buddy Yield was yeah. shooting, like, 20% from three, and now he's, like, a 3 and D guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in the three-point contest. Yeah. Um, I think the hope is that the game slowed down for Trey in the second half of the year, and that he's, like, yeah. broken past that rookie wall, which okay. would be really exciting then. But I I am with you that Luca is the one. All right, uh, sixth man of the year. Who you got? Uh, Lou Williams, easy. Lou Williams. Yeah. Who, who else? 
Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie? Okay. That's a... I don't know if he was off the bench. I think he was. Okay. Because I remember seeing that he was also, like, their leading scorer or whatever, or, like, one of their leading scorers. And thinking, like, the, like, we will. Like, why is he on the bench? But, I mean, you know, some players are better, just better on the bench. Still don't know why. Williams is a six-man. Yeah. Yeah. Montrez Harrell is a great choice, too, I think. Which we'll, we'll get to Montrez. Can like, he be the six man with Lou Williams on that team as well? Six man. At best, he's seventh man. Six man just refers to best bench player. Uh, the guy in Denver, Monte Morris, he's really good too. Um, but no, it's Lou Williams. Lou Williams is just straight up like an all star caliber player who happens, yeah. to, who happens to play on the bench. I mean, like, he's Manu Ginobili, right? Manu was starting for a while. He made his money though on the playing. Coming off the bench. Lou Williams is legit really fucking good. <laughs> For a surprisingly good LA Clippers team, too. Yeah. That's an easy one. The most fun one, I think. Fun category. Most improved player. Now, this is tough. Who because do you got? I feel like there's like different strata of mm-hmm. improvement. Improved player. <laughs> totally agree with that. Like, it's either you come out, come from like obscurity to be like a super nice like bench guy. That can just like anchor the second unit. You go from being a bench guy to like starter level dude, or you go from like a starter level to like a star, star. caliber. Or even who was it recently where it went from star to superstar level? Was he honest? It, yeah, I think it was Giannis. Where it was like Giannis was a good. Like okay, well he's been waiting for this. Yep, and he took the jump. He was. I think that was two years ago. He won. Um. That being said, I don't think there's anybody that made that last jump this year. To superstardom? Yeah. No, I'd agree. Uh, I think the closest would be Jokic, but Jokic was already playing at a really high level. Yeah. He was just kind of swept on because Denver was Denver's small market team. Yep, 100%. Uh, I think that you could make a case for... Oh, it was... um The thing I was thinking of was the Steph Curry's second MVP year when people were like... We should actually consider him for most improved because of oh, how like I, yeah like that that was stupid but it's a it was an illuminating conversation yeah that like even superstars can improve mm-hmm. right like uh but yeah. at that point then like what are we like yeah. what are we doing with this award yeah um I'm I'm with you I don't think we saw like a superstar emerge this year I don't know if we even really saw a star emerge necessarily that's I think we uh, see the beginnings of, st- of stars paging the Orlando magic paging <laughs> paging the east really. I think I think for me this is three names this is so you're gonna say Siakam you're gonna say uh Spencer Dinwiddie no I feel like Dinwiddie should probably be in there you're gonna say uh who else am I going to say? Ooh. It's a guard. Fox? Yeah. Uh, and you're going to say... Oh, damn. Who else is out there? D'Angelo uh, Russell. Oh, really? Yeah. Has he made that jump this year? Yeah. D'Angelo Russell is an all-star. He, he, well, I mean, I guess... Okay. If you want to go by All-Stars, then literally we did have a player make the improvement into the star category in D'Angelo Russell. 
or even Vucevic, but Vuce has always been playing at Vuce a has always been super good, high level. Yeah, but no, same deal with Jokic though. Except he's not as good as Jokic. Yeah, uh, D'Angelo Russell has been has emerged this year, I think, into a really fucking good point guard for the Nets. I'm very, very, very happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Me too. He's wish... he's like the fucking. He's ab- he's absolutely he's the protagonist of the NBA, <laughs> right? <laughs> like this is a hero's journey. He, he starts out in cast a, off a situation, and then like first act ends, and he's thrust into somewhere unknown and down struggles, sent to hell, and comes fighting back out of it, a changed person, and that's Brooklyn. Brooklyn is hell, and now Brooklyn is not hell anymore because they're mm-hmm. actually good. And he is the reason why. Mm-hmm. He's not the only reason He's why. He's a changed player. But DeAndre Russell has been really good. I really like Russell. I'm very... He doesn't win it for me, though. Go ahead. You're going to say Siakam does. I'm say Siakam wins it. But real quick, I want to give Russell his shine, though, because... He has had an awesome year. He's 21 points a game, uh, 7 assists a game, shooting 43% from the field and 36, almost 37% from 3 as well. So, like, in the past, like, his 3-pointing hasn't been super exemplary, but this has definitely been the best shooting year in that respect. Shooting year overall, actually, for him. We've just seen, like, a lot of improvement from him. Especially, I mean, points per game has jumped, too. Last year in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, he was well, okay. 15 and a half a game. Not entirely surprising. He's also been very healthy this year. He's played 81 games. Thank God. 30 Let's hope that we're beyond those those years. Yeah. Um, Russell's had an awesome year. I'm really happy he's come into his own. I'm glad he's... I'm glad he's out of L.A., I think. <laughs> I think that's worked out. I mean, like, it's absolutely... At this point, in Los Angeles, it is for the best that he is not there. Yes, I agree. Like, I think if he was an alternate universe where L.A. has kept him and is better and did not make some of the decisions they have as a result, like, they didn't draft Alonzo, um, for one. Um, but I'm glad that we can see him actually sort of flourish on his own team. Mm-hmm. Um, De'Aaron Fox as well. We've talked about him, but the Kings, man, they're like the surprise of the year, I feel. I love it. They're back. We're back, It baby. feels like they're back and here to stay, too. Like, there's a lot of young talent on that team, and De'Aaron Fox is really fucking good. Yeah, he is. He's going to be... Next year is going to be the year. Next year is going to be his jump to stardom. You think so? You yeah. don't think he's there yet? No, I don't. I think he's like right on the cusp. But I would agree that he's just short well, of being like a household name. Because apparently, did you hear about Dave Yerger? It's like one of the reasons they fired him was that him and like, I think him and Fox were like super not compatible with each really? other. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which I like. Like at at the time that I was like, why did they fire him? Yerger is a good coach. He was he. I mean, Sacramento improved a lot this year. He was great in Memphis. Why did they fire him? But with that sort of knowledge in mind, or it was like some sort of some uh, 
related issue with like some like disagreement between him and the players, then I am really happy that they made that decision because I think I think banking on the players at this point, if you're Sacramento, and like choosing to build mold a system around them instead of mold them into a system is like the absolute best thing that they could be doing. I 100% agree with that, and I think Luke Walton is a great choice for that team because Luke Walton. He didn't have much success with in LA. He did see some pretty decent development out of some of the young guys like Kuzma and Ingram. Um, Kuz Kuz. But Walton likes to play fast, and like that is and Fox's Fox, well, yeah. entire wheelhouse. Is he's a great athlete. He, these were his stats this year: seventeen points a game, seven assists a game. He's shot forty-five percent, thirty-seven percent from three, which is compared to 30% as a rookie. Yeah. Like, he really and, made and a lot of strides this year. Rock-solid defense on top of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1.6 steals a game. Like, he really, really improved this year. And I think Luke Walton is going to be able to take him to the next level. I think we're going to see the Kings, like, playing a fucking lightning-fast offense next oh, year so with De'Aaron Fox manning the floor like it's gonna be fun i think like kings are gonna be really fucking fun next year and they're gonna have a lottery pick as well that's true which you know this draft class is looking a little weird for where they'll be picking which will be late lottery but still i mean that offense is gonna be a lot of fun next year and i really hanamura hachimura hachimura maybe i don't know he's not really fast though that is a name. Sort of names that, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who <laughs> could possibly be in that range. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the Kings next year. Yep. And I, De'Aaron Fox is, should, needs to be the centerpiece, I think. Remember the uh, college basketball games, him against Lonzo? How oh my God. he obliterated yeah, Lonzo? Yeah, he just shredded him. He really exposed him. Like, yeah. It was fucking... Well, I mean, part of the thing was, like, oh, Fox can play defense, Lonzo can't. And, like, suddenly Lonzo has been able to play defense in He's the NBA. He's a really good defender. Yeah. yeah. Can't play it against college players, but professional ones. He was saving it. You got it. But um, it turns out Fox was the guy that he was all along. Mm-hmm. But, no, my choice is Pascal Siakam for most improved player. Now, this guy came out of nowhere for me. Tell this me guy came out of nowhere. So, third-year player out of New Mexico State. He was picked 27th overall in the first round. So, you know, they weren't anticipating a star, right? Rookie year, I'll just give you the basic uh, stats, points, shooting percentage, such and such. Rookie year, he played 15 minutes a game, 4 points a game, shot 50%, and 14% from 3. Didn't really take any 3s, though. Second season, which was last year, seven points a game, 20 minutes per game, shot also 50%, 22 from three. Didn't really take many. He's not a volume three shooter. This year, he's 16.9 points per game. He's playing 32 minutes a game, seven rebounds. He's shooting 55%, 37% from three. Wow. He's... Pascal Siakam, plus, like, obviously, like, these are the cursory stats, and I don't want to do this, like, just on mic, look into his defensive stats. 
He's a fucking awesome defensive player. I'm gonna stop sharing this because I feel like it's chewing my battery apart. Pascal Siakam is a madman on defense, as we've seen on uh, in this playoffs. Yes, we have. He is awesome. I think he is. He's- he is a s- star in the making, honestly, and it's fucking great. Like the Raptors have somehow. Whether they knew what they had him in or not, like maybe Dwayne Casey didn't realize what he had in Pascal Siakam and Nick Nurse did. Hmm. But, so they have Kawhi this year, obviously, which I'm sure that has helped Siakam. But they may have their Kawhi for after Kawhi is gone in Siakam. And I mean, like, you gotta hope so if you're Toronto. Yeah, like, best case scenario, Pascal Siakam, there's like, he's Kawhi Leonard. For the Raptors, and like, just a he was a fucking the best player in the history of basketball. Uh, yesterday <laughs> against the Magic, it was his thirty point game, unbelievable. He couldn't miss. It was fucking incredible. He was a menace on the other side of the court. Mm-hmm. He is awesome. Pascal Siakam is a fucking star in the making. He is such a talented and like honestly like he's fits in with the unicorns of like the new age NBA, the Giannis's, the I was gonna say, for some reason, you know what he reminds me of is Thonmaker okay, I mean maybe, but like if Thonmaker had like developed, yeah where is he now? Detroit yeah, well Twin Case is a good coach, he is but um oh, okay, I thought okay, never mind, we're good um no, Pascal Siakam really came out of nowhere. Like, this man has developed so quickly, and he has such great athletic tools that it's like, how much further, How much, what can this man be? Like, how high can this kid go, like, as a player? Like, ceiling? Is it Kawhi Leonard? Is it higher than Kawhi? Like... But, like, there is no limit to Pascal Siakam, and, like, we've seen that this year. And, like, there's a few, I think, so, quick aside, closer to the start of next season, we're going to have an episode where we talk about the upcoming season, talk about the offseason, make predictions for awards, where I will share my thoughts on upcoming players, including in the most improved player category one of them is going to be Jonathan Isaac I expect him to improve a lot he fits into the Pascal Siakam mold to a fucking T it is awesome seeing them play together because they have such similar games such similar tools yeah it is um that I can only hope that Jonathan Isaac next year is having a has a Siakam this year type season because Siakam has been fucking awesome he should be if he Toronto doesn't consider him the number two option on that team over Lowry, like at this point they're fools because he is an infinitely more talented player than Kyle Lowry is at this point in their careers. Like, damn, he is go in. He is awesome. All right, who do you think wins? I mean, that, that seems like a strong case for Pascal Siakam. All right, I would say. I think I think he will win. I, I think, think the one thing against him would be visibility um be, like which i think would probably end up favoring d'angelo russell because russell was like number two overall 
He's a name. He's an all-star. He's an all-star, regardless of how uh, invisible he became in, over the past few years. Like, he is still a guy with a certain level of name recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so seeing him jump into, like, super, like, good status, uh, probably be like having that name recognition helps him mm-hmm. i agree i think there's in that regard i think siakam deserves it like just on the premise of most improved player like siakam went from a guy who doesn't shouldn't get many minutes to a guy who you should arguably build your team around in over the course of a season so like but i do agree that russell is going to be the more visible player um, to the national media as well as the more the mainstream media just because he did get like an all-star uh, recognition which is totally deserved I think I see a lot of Damian Willard in D'Angelo Russell's game which oh, I, I thought you were going to say I see a lot of Damian Willard in these conversations I was going to say excuse no. me no uh, but I, no yeah we talked about that yesterday yeah, and I, I agree I see <laughs> a lot of like I think Russell is totally deserving of it. He's super clutch, like Dame. Like he's a fucking leader, like Dame. Like we'll get into this, but Damian Lillard has really shown off his leadership in these playoffs, and it's been fucking awesome to see. Um, and D- I think DeAndre Russell has some of that to him, to his game, and to the way that he's able to like infect the rest of like his Brooklyn squad. It's fucking awesome to see. Like Brooklyn's a really fun team, and they're gonna be in the future. But Siakam is. Siakim is incredible, I think. And he, I think he could be a fucking unbelievable player. Who's the favorite? I feel like, I think Siakim might be. Is he? Okay. Yeah. But I I really wouldn't be surprised if D'Angelo Russell takes it. But also, I think De'Aaron Fox is absolutely worth consideration as well. All right. And if you're, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, has been really good this year as well. Like, shout out to, there's a, there's a bunch, but Montrez Harrell has mm-hmm. really played well this yes. entire season. Uh, DeMontis Sabanis for the uh, Pacers and Bojan Bogdanovich as well has kind of taken on the lead role. Um, a lot of really good players. Mike Scott. Mike Scott, baby. Going for the playoffs. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, all right, so... I think that should probably wrap up regular season. We went on for longer than I wanted to. Yeah. But, uh, any last thoughts? Nope. It was a really fun year. All right. Um, so, yeah. playoffs. 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 Let's go. Start. Let's start off with the... So we're going to run through each series, I assume. Mm-hmm. Let's start off Bucks, Pistons. Any observations here besides the Bucks in four? Giannis uh, is playing less than 30 minutes a game. I hope... Uh, Which is the right move. I hope the Pistons don't win any games. <laughs> I do, too. Honestly, let's just wrap it up. Real, Actually, real note, um, I hope... They just won earlier today. I do hope they sweep... Yes, they did win today. I do hope they sweep just so the Bucks' injured guys can get healthy. They have more time to get healthy. Who do they have injured right now? Brogdon and Miritich. Oh, you said that earlier in this recording? Mm-hmm. Wow. No, not even an hour ago. Wow. Um, I hope they sweep for that reason, but man, this is very classic NBA 1-8 first round matchup. Yeah, sure. Um, 
we do east then west? Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh, so then uh, next up would be Toronto and uh, the Magic. Or okay, no, that's a that's a good one. But yeah. Pacers and Celtics. Pacers Celtics. I think you earlier horribly disappointed. Yes, earlier you mentioned this is just so disappointing. The Pacers. The Pacers played. don't know what happened. They, well, no, I'll tell you what happened. Is naming Moen is not a good playoff coach. Oh, yeah, he's oh. won like one playoff series in his coaching career. No shit. Yeah, I didn't realize that. They took the LeBron James Cavs to seven. You gotta stop moving around. Right. Um. I didn't know that. I didn't really know his record. Um. Yeah, I think the Pacers played above their weight level for a lot of the season after Oladipo got hurt and as they say in the NBA talent always wins out in the playoffs and the Celtics are just more talented mm-hmm. they're deeper they can they have more stars to, they have stars they can draw on and the Pacers like don't have any stars right now yeah and we can see this in every single fucking third quarter that they play <laughs> they just the Pacers are just like oh halftime we're still going we play three quarters right well, and end up scoring in the single digits while Boston carves them up and ends up winning in games that they really have no business winning, which fucking sucks because yep. I don't like Boston. <laughs> yes, we're hoping for Boston's quick death, but that's not going to happen. happen. Yep, Miles Turner's not been playing very well. It's been a very, very defensive se- series so yes, far. Yes, it has. Um... Let me see if I can pull up the game scores. Because has any team broken 100 yet? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> it's a very defensive series, um, which makes sense. Pacers were a really defensive-focused team. Boston's been had a great defense for the past few years. Yeah. Um, but, man, just not really fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, this should the, if Oladipo were playing, this would be totally different. I think I said to you, they would be the three seed with Oladipo, which I think that's how good Oladipo is as well. Um, most improved player of last year, was Victor Oladipo. But um, I agree, just really disappointing series. I hope, I kind of hope Boston doesn't sweep them, um, just for some respectability for Indiana. <laughs> yeah. I don't see that I can totally see Boston sweeping then we have Philly and Brooklyn this is a fun one talk a lot about Brooklyn this is a fun series I mean yeah because this is a really tough matchup I think who's up 3-1 right now I think actually on our last basketball podcast I said that the Sixers should pray they don't catch Brooklyn in the first round (laughs) Because Brooklyn is the type of team right. that, that the Sixers have no answer for, which is all guards all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw that in the first game. Game one was... E. Yeah. It was not good. It was ugly for Philly, and it <laughs> signaled bad things to come. Doom. Yeah. But they have turned it around. Yeah. Partially. Really big performances from Ben Simmons. From Ben Simmons, your favorite guy. I have ragged on Ben Simmons so much in private. I will never commit it to tape. But I have ragged on oh, him. Oh, didn't we talk about Ben Simmons? We probably did. He I is he must such have. a frustrating player for me because he's such a he can be such a black hole. See, each of us hates last year's Rookie of the Year, guys. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, he can be such a black hole wherever he is, either on offense or defense, but he can also be just fucking unstoppable, like, if he wants to. And the shooting, don't even fucking get me started on the, the shooting. shooting. Don't even fucking talk to me about Ben Simmons' shooting <laughs> woes. It's so... Do not talk to me. It is unbelievably irritating to me that he does not even attempt to shoot when it's you have fucking marcus all out here making <laughs> marcus all is apparently good as shit a at weapon shooting threes. yeah he you know why probably because he fucking worked on that shit <laughs> yeah to make himself <laughs> to give himself another tool and ben simmons i don't like well okay but like here's not, you say like he doesn't even attempt it and that's frustrating which like sure i can't blame you for saying that for thinking that but like we saw game one of Toronto then like Kyle Lowry was fucking taking every single shot he could and was missing all of them he only took seven did he really? yeah okay well right now James Harden is 0 for 12 six of them were from three though for Kyle Lowry that's bad James Harden is excuse me what? let me refresh the page see just you know to make sure that this is up to date yep James Harden 0 for 12 Holy shit. This year MVP? I'm looking like a damn MVP? fool. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Those are regular season awards, folks. None of this matters. That's right. Playoffs. Who needs them? Yeah, not me. Um, Give it to the Warriors. But, like, if I'm James Harden at this point, then, like, I almost just, like, stop shooting. Right? Like, you gotta know when when to yeah. hold him and when to fold him. Drive to the That's basket instead. Actually, Johnny Cash said. I'm sure he has been. Uh... I feel like yeah. At some point, you gotta know that like you're just off having an off night, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't. And like I think that extends to like understand your boundaries as a player. And uh, Ben Simmons probably understands his boundaries to a fault. Is the thing. I think he under he knows he can't shoot, and he's doesn't have the confidence to try. Honestly, mm-hmm. which like I'm not gonna try and hypothesize on what his practice routines are or the work he puts in as a player i'm sure he practices just as hard as everybody else but it's like you know what you're weak at like ben Simmons so specifically everybody knows what his weakness is there's no reason why you can't at least work on that shit and try it out you're a 50 win fucking team like you had some games in that i'm sure you could have just thrown up a three at some point, just to test it out, or even a mid range too. God damn! Like, come on. Well, this off season could be a big on that because if he comes back and is shooting thirty percent from three, then it's like most important player. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if he's shooting fucking make twenty percent. Like, make like, us look like some clowns. No, but if he comes back and doesn't shoot anything, then it's like this is now a serious problem. Yeah, um, it, he's going to be the same player for three years in a row, and. Like, yeah. you can't have that. The like, meta is changing, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Change, you gotta change with it. With that being said, Ben Simmons has had some enormous performances in this series. Oh, yeah, no. He's been crushing it. 31 Play point like, triple-double? Was that triple-double? Ooh. I believe it was. Um, Maybe. Just really fucking good, honestly. Yeah, carried Since them that to that first win. game. He had, like, nine points in game one, but the entire team was off, so, like, hard to really blame him. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Sixers have been playing really well and the game today was like really fucking exciting and they've been doing this with like limited production from Embiid as well yes yes that, I'm glad you brought that up I would have forgotten because Embiid is doing the thought is that he has tendonitis yeah which is which is fine it's fine 
very concerning because tendonitis doesn't just go away. Um, which is really cool. I really am curious when, like, the war crimes accusations are going to be made against the Sixers <laughs> medical staff. <laughs> the human they, rights like, violations. Yeah, like, the human rights jumped out. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck is going on there? Like, you I don't know, man. Like, it is fucked up. Whatever it is, they have got to clean house. Well, Ben Simmons seems fine after he missed his rookie year. Has he missed, like, any games since then? Nothing, like, no serious issues or anything like that. But they've fucked up Embiid's health already to the point where now it's like, shit, he may never be the MVP that we all want him to be. <laughs> that we know he is. They fucked Markel. is good as shit. They, he is awesome. They fucked up Markel Fultz so bad they had to send him to Orlando. On a, <laughs> to to cover up their crimes. <laughs> on a gap year. Like, what the fuck? The, even their uh, draft pick this year, Zaire Smith. The, he like missed the entire season basically because he broke his foot or whatever. Oh my god! And like got infected and was like allergic to the medication. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> really? Something like that. Oh my god! Um, just you have to amputate. I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. An absolutely fucking clown show coming out of there. <laughs> Enough about Congress. Ooh, damn. But um, they've been playing really good lately. And this was a really exciting game today. The win percentage has shifted into Houston's favor. Oh, has it? Mm-hmm. Damn. Despite being down by one. I'm trying to find the... What was Ben, uh, ben Simmons' box score from the other night? Um, let me... I have it. Let me... But this is all to say that. I think that... Do you think that Brooklyn gets another win in this series? I can see it. I go back to Philly is the thing. I they got in their first win in Philly. Um, okay, I, but they got their first loss in Philly too. Ooh, so, okay. all right then, I can see it for sure. Oh, excuse me. Um, Brooklyn matches up so damn well against the Sixers' weaknesses um, that I can definitely see if like their shots are dropping the way they were in game one, then, like, which they were in this the game earlier today. Mm. This was a close one. Uh, was it 112-108? It was really good. Brooklyn was, like, with the lead for a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but then Sixers came back. decided to throw fucking fists at Jimmy Butler, that I was, guess. See, that was a smart move. They had to get Jimmy Butler out of there. Did they? They seemed to be doing pretty well with him in there. Um, ben Simmons had 31 points, uh, four rebounds, nine assists, the other night 84.6 percent from the field he shot 11 for 13 not not quite a triple double but who needs a three (laughs) that's what he said um yeah i can see the nets taking another one but the sixers are going to win this series Mm -hmm. but it's a good series uh and then that brings us to toronto and orlando magic seven classic seven v two seed i swap those around but whatever 2v7 seed, and it turns out that it's better than we could have imagined. Alright, what do you think about this series? I think it's fucking awesome. That first game was so tight, dude. It was so good. This is like good defense, like on the big stage, Mm -hmm. and you fucking love to see it. It is, this isn't, this, I've said this multiple times, um, oh, um, by the way, 
by the this, bye. A team has only broken 100 one time in the Celtics series currently. Really? And that was yesterday, or Friday, the Celtics did. Um, this uh, Magic Raptors series... It's so good. ...has no right being this fun. Mm-hmm. But it is awesome. Like... Who's on the Magic? Name their starting five. Uh, I probably could, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Only be based on this series. Like, okay. I have these names etched in now. It's DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier. See, I, I think DJ Augustine comes off the bench. I don't know. Um, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. I think Jonathan Isaac comes off the bench, too. Well, see, okay, well, that's this is part of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> is that, like, they're, they're so, like, just weird and, like, anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, like, yes I, because they're a bad team. Because yes, they've been bad, so they just take everybody's cast-offs. Yes. And, and they th- just glue them together into a Frankenstein's monster of defensive efficiency and <laughs> smart shots. And long arms. Yeah. <laughs> they are such a long team. And it turns out that they can give Toronto an absolute run for their money. The, I... What's the series? It's 2-1 in Toronto's favor? Mm-hmm. Yes. The first game in Orlando was yesterday, mm-hmm. I believe, and it was one on a fluky-ass rebound by Kyle R- Lowry. Yup. The Magic were gonna go up 2-1. to one. Yeah. It was a, we got a, a huge game from Pascal Siakam. 30 points, 11 rebounds. First time since Chris Bosh did that, like, 11 years ago. Um, we also got a big game... Sadly, the one thing the series has been missing is Vucevic. Excuse you, Vucevic. But last game, Vucevic came out. Yeah, he was cooking. Yeah, he was frying up fucking Serge Ibaka. <laughs> oh my god, he was, was he? Um, Kyle Lowry has been uh, Kyle Lowry has been much maligned in this series and in this room uh, for good reason, I feel. Yes, um, totally justified. But he is also... Like he did only take seven shots in week in that first game and missed all of them. He scored zero points, which like in the today's NBA. Oh, by the way, update Harden zero for fourteen. Really, that's so surprising to me. He still might hit double digits, but Vooch had twenty two and eleven. He had a fucking good double double. Yeah, um, but Kyle Lowry has been playing good defense all series, and he's been good at running the offense. Kawhi has been awesome. Game two, for... Kawhi was oh, fucking. Okay incredible yeah that was his uh, absolute moment (laughs) Kawhi has like Kawhi didn't play very well last game Kawhi he had 16 points he only shot 5 for 19 yeah 0 for 3 from 3 very not not Kawhi like not Kawhi like at all when but game 2 we got um, so Kawhi I love Kawhi he's so good he is such a devastating player it seems (laughs) like when he's good he's like when he's good watching him, like, this isn't, like, I don't mean this as, like, a comparison, as, like, you know, comparison of skill or of legacy or anything like that, but when Kawhi is on, he looks like Michael Jordan playing. Like, he will shoot, he takes some just totally questionable shots, like, constantly. But when they're dropping, it feels like there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like, you are at his mercy. And then on the other side of the court, then he is just tearing your I soul mean, out. We we all know how good Kawhi is on defense. Incredible. Um, there's the one uh, moment where somebody was like, 
it, well, I don't think it was an inbounds pass, but it was like passing like across like the paint or whatever. Where Kawhi, it seemed like he just like reached back about six feet and like grabbed it out of midair with like one hand, and I was like, oh, that was like so that was like some scary like slender man shit right there, and that's just like how Kawhi like does it. He his game two was fucking awesome. Let me see if I can pull it up because it was incredible. Um, I think this is a really interesting series for a lot of reasons. It has turned really weirdly good. Yeah. Steve Clifford is doing a great job with Orlando, it turns out. We had the iconic, we didn't even say, the DJ Augustine game. Oh, game yeah. One. Yeah. 25, he was the leading scorer, 25 points, including the game winner. Yeah. It was incredible. Hit, yeah, hit a three-pointer. Just Over like, Mark Gasol. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mwah. It's fucking it's so good. awesome. Like, yeah. And that game didn't even have a lot of Vucevic in it. Um, Pascal Siakam and Kawhi were fucking great in that game one, and it did, and the Magic still won. It was fucking awesome. The the big thing here, the big takeaway I've taken from this series is how fucking good Jonathan Isaac is going to be in his career. Yeah, this is another thing that we like. I've been I've been on that Jonathan Isaac train for years. I was so sad when he got drafted by Orlando. <laughs> yep. We wanted him like oh he's dead. We wanted him on the Timberwolves, if I recall. I yes, which would be very nice. (laughs) But goddamn, maybe he's fine on the Magic. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like you got Markel Fultz there next year. You got Aaron Aaron Gordon. Gordon. You're gonna have Mobamba. You might have a fucking team right there. Like Jonathan Isaac. I made the joke that Jonathan Isaac defending Pascal Siakam is the Spider Man meme. Yeah. Where they're pointing at each other, but um, like legit, Isaac needs to shoot for a similar development. Like in two years, like he's probably gonna be. I hope, God, I hope that everything goes well and Isaac is playing at the level that Siakam has reached, mm-hmm. if not further, because they have very similar tools and he is awesome on defense. Yes, he is. Like he, this is one of those series that. I mean, this every is a, possession is fun to watch because there's always something to watch, whether it's defense or offense. Like, mm. it's an awesome series. This is the new NBA, right? This is what Giannis has been precipitating. Yes, is Jonathan Isaac and Pascal Siakam. Yes, and exactly. All these guys, basically it's, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like the Magic are the they're like the prototype, the incubators of like the next generation. It's like them and the Kings. It's mm-hmm. like yes. 100%. Here we go. Like, you want to see the future, and here, here's what it's going to look like. It's And beautiful. I'm here for it. Like, as long as Jonathan Isaac can get, like, a sh- solid shot under his belt, then, like, he's going to be something. He is going to be, yes. I have been, I honestly, I'd love to say that this uh, series goes to seven. It's not going to, though. I can actually, I could see Toronto winning in five. But disappointing. But <laughs> the most competitive fucking five game series I've ever seen. But I think like no, every game in the series is gonna be like a real fucking barn burner. It's yeah, gonna be awesome. Right. The, somehow it's become like the must watch series mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Yep. It yeah. Which is great. I was I was expecting that to be probably Brooklyn and the Sixers. Which like listen, that one's really good too. But this one, every game's been awesome, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Um, 
So it's Denver to the West. Yes. Cross country, baby. Which one do we want to start with here? Probably Denver and San Antonio. Okay. Just because that one's gotten the least amount of uh, televised play. Well, it's been the uh, NBA It's TV. been on NBA TV, which we don't have. The University of Pittsburgh doesn't let us have that. I mean, makes sense. They're the two probably smallest market. Yeah, no. Um, uh, boy, the Spurs are sure. Greg Popovich sure is a good coach. Sure is. He's pulling out uh, Derek White, Patty Mills, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, who else? Who was the starting five that we they showed earlier today? Was Jakob Pertl and Pertl. DeRozan. Yes. They're rolling out those Bryn guys. Bryn Forbes was a guard. Bryn Forbes. Trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So who was it? It was Derek White, Bryn, Derek White, Ford, Bryn Forbes, Jakob Pertl, Marcus Aldridge, and DeMar DeRozan is your, is your San Antonio Spurs starting five. five. And they have won two games off of the two-seed Denver Nuggets. So Just, far. I feel like this was the one that everybody was calling for the upset. because Oh, sure. Yeah, because like Denver's a really good team. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's tough to like jump into the playoffs as like a two seed against the Spurs. I agree. I like, think that's just like a difficult situation, especially if this was like the Thunder. Then I think that this series would be over. If this was the Clippers, I think the Nuggets win. Um, sure. Yeah, but also factoring in the fact that. The Nuggets are such a young team mm-hmm. that has like no playoff experience whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here. Like that's the major. Like that is the major X factor. That and like obviously then on the other side you have Greg Popovich who yeah, hasn't. Who he's just gonna coach playoffs around you. Yeah, like I I don't think they've he's missed the playoffs since I've been alive. Like he's born <laughs> for this not. shit. <laughs> and like clearly like he's able to get his players ready, like such as Derek White. Roman people were like, "Is Pop gonna retire with Tim, Tim Duncan?" Duncan? It's like. I mean, why would I? <laughs> well, <laughs> so no, it's it certainly a good uh, question oh, to yeah, ask. Yeah, totally. It's like, is Bill going to retire with Tom Brady? Yeah, like, I, it's like difficult to imagine these guys without their players. The, the players that they have, like, been through these journeys with. And, like, Greg Popovich has had a, a storied fucking career Just, with Tim Duncan. Yes, probably the. I mean, but even after Tim Duncan, you look at it and it's. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. It's like now, like, it's weird because the Spurs have, like, face so faded from view because of the retire. Like, they've lost Tim Duncan. Tony Parker is not, not with them anymore. Lamarcus Aldridge is like Lamarcus Aldridge. No, Ginobili. Like, all the. All the guys that were the Spurs Kawhi. are gone, except Popovich. And so now it's difficult to, like, put faces onto that team. Um, or, like, think of, like, faces on that team when you're thinking of the Spurs. Like, it's still weird to think of DeMar DeRozan yeah, as a Spurs. Like, I, was, like, I, like, I totally forgot. forgot about that earlier this year. Um, but, like, he's just so good at getting his teams ready. Like, yeah. Derek White is seems like the proto-Popovich guy. Yeah, right. And, like, here's also the thing is that, like, I don't think these guys are... These guys that he's, like, drawing up plays for in the playoffs and, like, designing games for them to get, like, 35 points, like Derek White. I don't think Derek White is very good, is the thing. I mean, that's a... I don't know. I feel like Pop is so good at developing his players. Yeah, at like, that, that's the thing. Is at that both like, scheming for his players and actually 
making his players good, right? Mm. The reason that, I guess here's the real thesis that I'm working with, the reason the Spurs have not been, like, a top four seed over the past few years is because they haven't had, like, super high-quality players. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that, totally. Like, outside of Kawhi, who's it been, right? Yeah, and Kawhi, and last year with Kawhi was a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even play, yeah. Mm. This year they had DeRozan, um, Aldridge. DeRozan and Aldridge. Aldridge is like, was he an All Star? God, I hope not. And he may have been. I don't remember though. Um, but DeRozan is like on a great stretch in his career right now. Yeah, he was really great last year with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but really sort of a quiet year with. DeRozan is also feels like also like a guy who, you don't put on a team by himself. Yeah. But he's not the guy. Yeah. Can't be the guy type yeah. of player. He's like such an ISO dude that like yeah. that feels ant- antithetical to like a good game, game plan in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. Um and so like it creates a strange situation where it's like, well the Spurs are always like in it, but they're never in it like You never see them as contenders. Yeah. Like nobody like even this year, they can beat the Nuggets and it's still like, well, yeah, they're just going to lose to... They could very theoretically make it to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Honestly, they have a very clear-cut path, and it, even then it'd still be like, I don't consider them a finals contending team. Yeah, um, but I think they're closer than we think to being at that point. I do too, and I think that's shown up in this series. Yeah, because like if you can have Derek White drop 36 points in a playoff series, imagine if you, had, if you had Derek White on your, te- on your playoff team along with Aldridge... Along with like Chris Middleton, I was going more for like a bigger name guy, uh, Kemba Walker. Sure, yeah, yeah, Kemba Kemba would be a hell of a spur. Yeah, then like suddenly it's like oh, <laughs> okay, hmm. yeah, I, like I can see what we're cooking with. No, I totally feel you. Oh um, boy, my laptop's gonna die. I'm gonna have to switch to the phone. Um, I think this is a really good series, actually, like. I think it's it gonna seems go like deceptively good. I think it's gonna go back and forth, uh, the whole way pretty much. It's I mean right now it's tied two two. Now they're going heading back to Denver, um, which is actually really interesting that they split each team's mm-hmm. home game because both of these teams were like great at yes. home. That's one of the things we talked about is that how good San Antonio was at home and how bad they were on the road. Yeah, and the same is true with Denver. Not that they were bad on the road. Obviously, they ended up the two seed, but. They were, I think they were the best home team in the NBA, but really? like, the fact that they were able to, each team was win a, won a home and road is like really interesting, but they're heading back is. to Denver. I see this going seven. I think um, I'm foolishly criticized Nikola Jokic earlier today <laughs> to you, and then he dropped what? 29, uh, 11, I believe, and eight. eight yeah. You know, normal shit. <laughs> I, normal Jokic type of stuff. I, really, I love Jokic. I love Jokic, too. He's an awesome player. I see. I really love this Denver team, actually, is the thing. It's good. Will like, Barton is, like, a, when, like is low-key one of my favorite guys because he can just, like, show up and, like, just take over shit. Will Barton has had a really rough series so far, but mm-hmm. he played really well today. I remember prior to the playoff starting, I asked like how many 30 point games is Will Barton gonna drop in the playoffs <laughs> he hasn't dropped any yet but like he's absolutely that guy where it's like mm-hmm. suddenly he'll just like show that. up uh, I love Jamal Murray Jamal Murray I like God, Gary Harris the, the potent- Jamal Murray is such a tease because 
He is. Because well, 21 points in the fourth quarter. Well, God, what an sure. iconic fucking moment. <laughs> he didn't even score the rest of the game, except in the fourth quarter he dropped 21. It's, like, oh, it's, it's Murray time. It's Murray time. That is, like, that, like, we joke, but that is generally Jamal Murray. Is like he, will, he is such a streaky player where like he will be killing the offense. And then it's like, oh, well, he's the only player we need. <laughs> And like we've seen, like one v five and winning, we see that within the games, even again mm-hmm. the series. Like he is such a tease because he could be an all star, like he could be an all NBA guard, but like he's so inconsistent. But like Man, he's no. good. I have my hopes up for him. Yeah, he's still young. This is a really young team. They're gonna yes, be around in the playoffs for a long time. Yeah, they um, find they're finally cashing in on some of that potential. Mm-hmm. And, looking good my critique of Jokic was that he too often oh excuse me too often shies away from being from taking over games which like I feel like that has been the criticism of him all year I think he's still been like a top five MVP candidate this season like he's been incredible this year um and he's the big reason why Denver is even the two seed Mm. But he just needs to learn how to say, fuck it, I'm going to score this shit, you know? Like, he needs, like, because then he's going to be unstoppable. Because he can shoot pretty well. He, if he can clean he up can his assist. three point, he can like, pass. Like, no other center. Like, literally ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, genuinely, he's already well, maybe the best passing center of all time. What's funny is that they have two uh, centers on that team him and Plum Lee, who it can straight up fucking like facilitate the offense. Dish it out. It's yeah, crazy. It's like really interesting. It's really cool. They're a yeah. I I don't know who's gonna win this. I think Denver's gonna win it. And it's gonna be it's this is gonna be really interesting because it's gonna be talent versus experience basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know who wins it out though. I think it goes to seven. I'm I would probably bet on Denver just being you know home court advantage. Um, and they're the two seed. I think so too. But yeah, I could see it going either way. It's been yeah, I, it's been a it's a cool series that has had. I mean, that Jamal Murray quarter is like one of the most more it's iconic stupid. moments of the first round already, which is very cool. Um, who else is in the West? Uh, uh, do you want to go to the Jazz or the Rock Warriors? Let's do the. Jazz. Oh, the Jazz are winning. Look at that. I had to take put my laptop away because it was low in battery. I really need to get that battery serviced. Um, Coming an issue. We're going to Rockets Jazz. Sure. Okay, so this game is on right now. Right now, the Jazz are up eighty to seventy nine. It's in the fourth quarter too. Yes, there is just under ten minutes left. Pop over there and watch that game cast. I think uh, James Harden is over fourteen. This is bizarre. They. It is. They're playing. I guess. Just like Some lights defense. out defense on him, <laughs> very very Which possible. Which making all that shit we talked about earlier a little funny. But. Well, the thing with the Utah is, uh, they're an awesome defense, and they have been for years, mm-hmm. and uh, that is no different this season. I think Houston and Utah are the second and third best teams in the conference. Um, they really, been, yeah, for sure, Houston easily number two, but I think the Jazz are better than the Nuggets, Blazers, Thunder. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Jazz are really good. I don't know if you've been watching that other series, but... Okay, well. Um, 
I should say heading into this series. Uh, I've been surprised at how thoroughly Houston's been beating them. Oh, yeah. It's been ugly. Like, great performances, of course, like, from James Harden, which at this point, I feel like we're past the James Harden can't perform in the playoffs narrative. Oh, my God, yeah. Which, you know, was definitely a thing for a while there. But after last year, getting them to Game 7 in the finals against Warriors, like, I think now it's sort of I mean, not I relevant anymore. Can, like, put that to bed. Yeah. Because that's never fun to have lingering around. Yeah. I think, uh, well, listen, we'll actually return to this. I mean, I'm sure that some fucking stupid sports meme account is still making jokes about James Harden's defense. Yeah. Which, like, their defense okay. is decent. Their defense is very good. Man, not as good as the Jazz, though. There were so many dumb 3-1 jokes after the Clippers won. I bet. I hate sports meme accounts. <laughs> <laughs> They're all bad. They all do the same jokes. Yep, same joke. They all steal their jokes, too. Um, they suck. What uh, what about the Jazz? What are your thoughts on the Jazz? Let me tell you my thoughts on the Jazz. Yeah, I know you have feelings <laughs> on them. <laughs> so I don't think Donovan Mitchell is very good. Okay, that's a bold take. Which right now he has like 25 points. Let's look. He's playing very well in this game. I would say he's played very well his entire career. <laughs> but I will also say, bizarre, he does have 25 points. 6 Three. of 19 shooting. Those numbers looked a lot better a few minutes ago. Um, See, this is my problem. With, and, and this is a kind of comes down to preference, kind of comes down to what is and is not successful in today's NBA is that I don't like volume scores. Like, if you're going to take... Russell Westbrook is an exception to this rule because I love Russ. Mm-hmm. But if you are going to need 20 shots to get 25 points, then, like... But especially if you have supposedly have a three point shot in your arsenal, then like those are a lot of wasted shots. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not always. And then just like the prettiest game makes it highly inefficient offense, especially the Jazz. Like I think that Donovan Mitchell, and like people have been hyping up Donovan Mitchell for the past two years, mm-hmm. being some new revelation of basketball. Dwayne Wade with a three-point shot is one thing that I heard, which is just, like, not rough, dude. Not accurate, but that's tough, yeah. man. It's tough out here. Get your bread how you gotta get it, yeah. but, man, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. I like Mitchell, but I don't. Like, he has a way to go. Like, and mainly what you said is, He's just inefficient. And what it turns into is inefficiency for the Jazz as a whole. Like, they're great on defense. How is he on defense? I assume he's pretty good. Decent, yeah. Okay. Um, not as good as, like, Gobert, but, like, obviously. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean. He's not as good as Kawhi Leonard, but. He's, not, he's, no, <laughs> he's no Dwight Howard 2009. <laughs> um, he could be better, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, that is one area that Dwayne Wade, he'll never surpass Dwayne Wade. Though. Yeah, Dwayne Wade is one of the best defensive guards of all time. He has the most blocks of any guard ever. He sure does. Probably change the way that uh, guards play defense. Yeah, I could guess. Yep. Um, but I don't see Dwayne Donovan Mitchell doing that. No. Uh, Offensively, though, he's much more of a weapon. Um, 
But he's also the only weapon, really. Like, are you going to trust Joe Ingles to go for 19 a game? I mean, you, you could. Gonna... You could try that. <laughs> I'll try that on my way to 40 wins. He had a good playoffs last year. I love, look, Joe Ingles is a weird fascination of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. I love Joe Ingles. He can shoot threes, and he looks like an absolute train wreck. <laughs> but... Joe Ingles is not the offense. No. Rudy Gobert is not the offense either. Hell fucking no. <laughs> Ricky Rubio sure as hell is not the offense either. So, uh, Jay Crowder, is he the offense? Isn't he also off the bench, though? Uh, Crowder? No. I thought Derek Favors was the rounded out the starting five. No, he plays backup center. Oh. Yeah, they keep it big. Keeping it big, big boy season. Out in Utah. Well, to answer your question, Jake Crowder is also not the offense. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Kyle Korver, is he the offense? No. Royce O'Neal, is he the offense? No. Yeah, uh, this is a problem, is that Donovan Mitchell <laughs> is the only guy that is really a threat on any given possession to score, uh, and so he becomes the only guy that they give the ball to, the only guy that is, like, taking shots. And this becomes a problem, both to watch, because it's kind of boring to watch Donovan Mitchell throw up terrible shots in the mid-range 20 times a game, and also it becomes a problem for the Jazz. Yeah, I agree. I think these are all valid. That being said, though, I think like they are just a really solid, rock-solid team. I've been saying uh, since the series started that Jazz get another offensive star, and they're a real dangerous yeah team. that's that's kind of the implication of all this is that like if they do sign if they sign Kemba Walker Clay Thompson Clay Thompson Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton then like guys that can like still keep that defensive identity but also add like a scoring dimension then suddenly things are looking nice and suddenly I might agree with you that they're the third best team in the west and Donovan Mitchell's numbers will probably improve because he'll be getting cleaner looks, he'll be taking better shots, mm-hmm. and he'll probably be putting up better numbers too. Until that happens, though, they're gonna get ran just overpowered by a team like Houston. Yes, like that's just the bottom line. Houston's just too good. I thought this t- series would go to at least six games, but the well, way Houston's been playing, I don't see it going further than five. Yeah, and John- James Harden is over fourteen right now. Let's hope not. Two for 17. Oof. Well, I just made two. Ass numbers. <laughs> they have 12 free throw attempts, though. Um, This is a fluke. Yeah. No, this is not. <laughs> this is They're not going to hold James Harden to fucking 15% shooting no. in any other game this series. Yeah, this is an outlier. So if they don't win this game, which... They're winning right now, 89-88. Okay, but it is uh, quite close. Yeah, this is the closest game so far this series. Um, if they don't win this one, then, like, pff, I'm almost here to say that's going to be a sweep. I can see it. The Jazz are so close to me because, not, like, to my heart, <laughs> but, like, so close to being, they like, They mean a, so much to me. Oh, I don't fucking really care. Um, but so close to being, like, a real, like juggernaut I feel like in this team because their defense is so good they have the coach like Quinn Snyder's a great coach um great coaching staff uh 
they have a winning culture now after the past couple years of being a perennial playoff team like they're so close to really being like a dangerous team i think like a dangerous team against anybody um they just aren't there just quite yet and i think Unfortunately, we're going to see that this series. Houston, they're just going to get overpowered. Exposed. Yeah, they're just going to get overpowered. Like that's just what it is. Uh, Chris Paul has been shooting bad this series. How's he doing this game? Six for thirteen. Not terrible. I mean, from three. Oh man. Yep. Not great. I think he was what one of ten is what the broadcaster said earlier. Well, he's two of seven tonight. Not great. <laughs> you know who's been great is Daniel House for the Rockets. Is that how you say his name? Daniel. Yeah. Okay. He's been really fucking good. Has he? The, off the bench. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Rockets are a dangerous team. We'll get into um, that in a few minutes. But next one we should go into is the Warrior series. Yes. This one we don't have to spend a lot of time on because um, it's probably gonna be over in two games. Mm-hmm. But man, <laughs> what a comeback! What a great whole thing right now the Clippers came back from 31 points down at, at some point in the third quarter yep and won and won and I the backs missed it Williams well everybody missed it let's be real yeah I'm sure it, everybody went home in the fucking stadium too they're like alright yeah it's over this game's over I went to bed at halftime I really fucking wish I didn't because Same. it sounds unbelievable Landry Shamit Lou Williams game winning three <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander Montrez Harrell, they Montrez Harrell, I love him so much. God, what a fucking story. I mean, yeah, there's the 3-1 curse of the Warriors, it seems, but man. This series, the Clippers have no right being as good as they are. Um, But that's a testament to Doc Rivers. I hate to tell you, but Doc has really... <laughs> I hate to hear it. He has really put out a fucking hell of a team this season um, with seemingly... <laughs> parts that are not ready to be in the playoffs but here they are winning against the Warriors yeah it's really cool they're a really fun team I think man and going forward buy your stock in the Clippers now folks <laughs> I'm telling you bye 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 Quinn Kawhi Leonard is there propane and propane accessories or when they trade for Anthony Davis this offseason Ben Sutton that's a finalist team <laughs> God, there. This is just a. I mean, the Warriors are going to win. Yes, Steph has been playing great. The it's not a question of if the Warriors are going to win. It's a question of are the Clippers going to win again? And well, it's a question of how much are the Warriors going to lose in the process? <laughs> <laughs> are they going to lose their humanity? Oh my no. God! Are what, what is going to be the cost of this series? Have they argue, or have they arguably already? I think that's a fair question to ask. We were talking about uh, Boston like imploding in the playoff pressure. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect the Warriors to do that. Kevin Durant has had a bizarre. I guess that's what Patrick Beverly does to you, though. Is he? Oh, does he ever? He rewrites what your soul is. <laughs> Kevin Durant has had a bizarre series. He went the fuck off last game. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, like, we all knew that was going to come. Yeah, of course. But those first two games, he was not great. He only took nine shots game two. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And had, no, he he took eight shots and eight had nine shots. turnovers. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. That's crazy. Like, I really... There's times... Don't know what that game plan was. There's been times this season where it's like, the Warriors look so just ready to move on, I guess. Where they're like, they just 
have like lost their ability to play together it looks like it sure does and i mean i didn't see the second half of that clip the game too but i can only imagine that that's essentially what happened is like kevin durant never got into the mode to score again really and like steph wasn't able to energize the team to motivate themselves to get back into it when the clippers clawed and fought their way back Mm -hmm. like which is a problem with the team and like getting exposed like that is like not something i was expecting for round one i think that it's interesting and that it sort of lays a blueprint for how to how other teams can handle that like imagine fucking russell westbrook getting into their heads Oh my god. It's going to be rough for everybody involved. Imagine, oh my god. Like, I feel like of the teams that they could play in the future, I feel like okay, so it's like the Thunder, Blazers, and Rockets, right? Are like the guys, are the teams that they might end up playing in the rest of this playoff series, in the rest of the Western Conference playoffs, right? I feel like in that case, then the Blazers are probably the best matchup for them because I don't think the Blazers have a guy that can, like, fuck with you like that. I agree. They don't have Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly or Chris Paul to, like, fuck you up. Mm -hmm. But, like, imagine if Patrick Beverly was there to fuck you up and then they also had a great team behind him to, like, punish you for your fuck-ups. Yeah, like, that might be rough. That might spell trouble for the Warriors like I after watching Houston's first two games this game seems a little rough for them but mm-hmm. after watching Houston but again it seems more like an outlier than anything after watching Houston's first two games then I said they're gonna be the Warriors and like uh, I'm kind of still there <laughs> they could to be honest Warriors in five though against Clippers sure yep all right best series going on right now oh my is- god it's Blazers Thunder it's so good it's this is fucking awesome Game of Thrones this TV. is like what storylines are birthed out of a series so like this wild so uh, let's this try to run for you from now run through the games game one was pretty handily won by the blazers i think mm-hmm. yes russ shot terribly yes the whole oklahoma team did they all shot like piss poor mm-hmm. shots were falling for portland it was it went uh probably worse than was expected for the health of that series but also yeah I think that's kind of just like it it was like oh oh is this gonna be like low-key the worst series in the fucking playoffs certainly not and it certainly is not game two showed up and uh Russ still shot terribly but he got that triple double baby yep they almost did it and he carried that team Russell Westbrook is a hell of a guy he is a it's, he's a madman. Yep. Then game three came. That was fucking... 25 points in the third quarter for Damian Willard. Fireworks. The yep. entire game. Russell Westbrook goes for 30. 30 point triple-double? Uh, no, double-double. No, triple-double. But the... Paul George somehow gets 26 or something like that. The fury on display. Oh the my God. energy. The hatred the competitiveness like this series has it fucking all it's so good dude you gotta turn off siri yeah i keep saying series and it thinks i'm talking to it 
these dang phones. It is, this is an awesome series. It the is. Russell Westbrook Damian Willard rivalry is one that I wasn't really expecting to see coming because, uh, first of all, like Russ is like Russ is Russ. Like everybody knows Russ. Everybody has every, like it's impossible to feel neutral about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Is the thing good way of putting it? I don't think the same applies to Damian Willard, and I feel I would go so far as to say I'm having a tough time imagining somebody that like hates Damian Willard. I would agree with that as well. He is, I think, one of the more universally beloved players of today's mm-hmm. NBA. He seems like genuinely a stand-up dude. He's also entertaining as hell. He's also a guy that has been uh, leading his team for the better part of five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an unstoppable force. Uh, versus an immovable object. With that being said, then, like, I was not expecting the Russell Westbrook Damian Willard rivalry to actually become so fucking heated. I. To, like, it, yeah. There's going to be a fight at some point. There is almost a fight at, after regulation ended in game three. Yeah. There was. And if, like, if CJ was not there to, like, move it on, move along, <laughs> fellas, then, like, let's break it up. Something might have gone down. If Nurkic were still playing, there would be a fight. There would be (laughs) fists thrown, absolutely. The worst part about this series, this series, like, genuinely has it all. Like, (laughs) I'm excited for this to go seven games because this is fucking awesome. Um, The only thing it's missing is a healthy Paul George, which is really disappointing because... I don't think it would go seven then. Oh, you think Thunder would win out before then? Yeah. I think that's totally possible. Um... But it's funny how Paul George, Paul George, man, God, he's what a good fucking player, dude. I'm just thinking, like, you know, it's playoff time. Russell Westbrook is just dominating. He's just eating up everything around him, and Paul George is just out here, bricking five for seventeen, <laughs> off on his own merry little way. God, he's like. This is, Go off, Paul, I guess. <laughs> it's so disappointing after the season Paul has had because, like, he was so good this year. I mean, he was the MVP candidate, like, easily. And, I mean, I think he'll still finish top three in MVP. He should. But it's so disappointing that he's not healthy because, God, what a fucking... What a hell of a series this would have been if we had Russ and Paul at the peak of their health versus Dame and apparently a born-again C.J. McCollum. Just, like, let's not act like C.J. is not good. Sure, but he was hurt a lot of the year, and he's oh, come was out. He? Yeah, and he's, you know that. or at least recently, and he's come out. Oh, he's on fire, slicing it up. It's awesome. It's so good, dude. Like, there was a moment last night's game where I was like, where some shit was happening, and I was like, oh, Terry Stotts is just like vastly superior coach in this matchup I mean yeah he is which he is I would be confident in saying that um and he's doing a great job with uh drawing up Portland's game plans and stuff but I think it speaks to the absolute indomitable nature of Russell Westbrook that of the three games that have been played two of them have been just like to the end like, like knock down, drag out, fucking knuckle fights. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's awesome. Like this is like fucking the shit talk they do on court. Oh my god, dude. This game has everything. The crowds. These are two of the best like crowds in the league. Like the Oklahoma fan base and the Portland fan bases are 
it has this has everything like this series is so good and like looking at it when the seating was finalized it was like this blazers thunder one should probably be pretty good <laughs> this has been awesome this has just been awesome <laughs> I like I'm like too tight like Titans just like trading blows. I'm with so each other. surprised at how good Portland looks. I am too. They have because, I mean, awesome. Like, like we know Portland in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We talked about this I think on the last episode that like they tend to just like shit themselves. I think last year was the absolute nadir of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. getting swept by. You have to think that that is New Orleans in some way motivating oh my god absolutely especially a guy like damian willard who uh, has never forgotten a single thing that's ever (laughs) happened to him in his life (laughs) this is just fuel to the fire um this is the type of series that narratives are changed and written Mm -hmm. following like if portland loses then dame's playoff struggles are going to become a damocles sword over him and if they don't then he's going to become just godlike the leader of the nba and if the thunder win then russ is going to then the naysayers are all gonna burn in hell against russ they already are but and if they lose then he's then everything's in question Mm -hmm. like this then okc is just done as we know it's an it's such a high stakes series it really does feel like it yeah god legacies are made everything's on on this one even though like more than likely like if the Thunder lose, like, it's probably going to remain pretty much intact for next year. Like, the core of the team. And, like, honestly, the same might be said for the Blazers. Uh, would not surprise me at all. But, like... I think Mo Harkless, what I said was, like, Mo Harkless has been on this team for four years. Been averaging the same shit every single year. And, like, all right, Mo. But it just feels like... This is the shit that defines legacies. Mm-hmm. Like, this, the way this series is being. And one of these teams is almost certainly going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I think that's fairly likely. Um, but yeah, no, this is a wildly good series. I can't wait to fucking watch more of it. Uh, Do you have a pick? Oh, dude, that's tough. Oh, God. I, like, I... My gut tells... My brain says Portland, my gut my says brain, Thunder. My brain says Portland, too, if only because this game three was the first game in OKC, and it really did come down to it. Like Portland was looking at like they Damian Willard was stormed back. Damian Willard was uh, dropping fucking bombs all through the third quarter, and it's like, oh wow, Portland is going to win this shit. They're gonna take any sort of home field. They like they might win this in five. <laughs> Uh, but that sure didn't happen because of Russell Westbrook. It feels like this is this is destined to go seven games. It feels like it sh- sure does. But like, think if I'm th- thinking logically, then I will say Portland gets the win. I think Thunder get it. I think it's gonna be so. It's gonna come down to it though. I don't see any. I don't see any way this doesn't come down to it. Yeah. Like just the way these teams are, just. The, the way that these players, these superstars are, mm-hmm. it's gonna be fucking awesome. These it's, are it's like series like these that made me a Portland fan to begin with. Yeah, I bet. like I was like <laughs> I'm like a very soft Blazers fan. They've been incredibly frustrating in the past few years because of their like inability to change 
what they do and like their shit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I but can totally see why. <laughs> but then there's always, then it seems like every few years, and they do some shit that it's like this is why I fucking love this team. Damian Lillard has always been a constant. Damian mm-hmm. Lillard is probably my favorite player in the league. He's an incredible player and just like, ugh, ugh. He's so good. Once he gets he rolling, is, then it's like, godlike. He is, he is a transcendent player mm. in this it's series. A shame he will never win a ring. <laughs> I don't know, man. Dame is the type of player. He's the type of leader. Like he clearly is such a like the way that Steph is. Like how Steph is able to rally that team. You know, Damian Lillard is able to just take on a Herculean sort of responsibility of like a god and he all he never doesn't step up to it minus like minus like last year against the pelicans which mm. that was a jaw-dropping series for a, a different reason <laughs> for several reasons um but damian willard has i feel like he's never let me down you know <laughs> he is somebody who you can god he is so good. You can depend on Damian Lillard, and I think like I think he has the right kind of character that will could lead to a ring, and I hope it does. I hope so too, because he's so good. He deserves one. Yes. Um, it's Dame. It's I really like CJ a lot, and it's like shit like the Houston Portland two, 2013 round one game six. <laughs> Yeah, this shit is all like burned into my memory. Yeah, Damian Lord hits that last shot with 0.8 seconds left. It was incredible. Just like unbelievable shit that happens around Portland. right off the screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the top of the arc. Uh, right on the inbounds. Yep. It's like shit like this. Like the series feels monumental. That Houston series was incredible. They beat LA in the playoffs a few years back. They've done like, like it's like. A, there's a lot of frustration I have with Portland in the playoffs specifically, but then there's also a lot of moments where it's like, fuck, like, <laughs> I am here for all of this, it, yeah. and this is one of those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so that covers all the series. Um, do you have a player, who do you think the best performer's been? Best player? In all of the series? In the playoffs. Oh, dear. give me some of the best players you think there have been. Uh, I mean, I think Harden. This game, notwithstanding. I mean, yeah, Harden's been great. Giannis. Oh, you know they're gonna. Oh, this one's coming down to it. Actually, ten yeah. seconds left. One of two. Ninety nine. Houston. Oh shit. Keep me posted. Yeah, I'm watching it. Uh, Giannis has been playing less than thirty minutes a game and has been doing his thing. Obviously, uh, Patrick Beverly is a low key favorite of mine. He hasn't been He's a terribly, lunatic. terribly impressive statistically, but fuck if you like, he isn't just everywhere on the court. He's a madman. He's an absolute lunatic. Um, uh, you know, Steph has been great. Steph's been awesome, of course. Katie's been on and off. Yeah. Russ has been on and off, but when he's on, then he's a fucking on. Uh, on some shit. He sure is. He's the most on some shit. Absolutely. player in the <laughs> league. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he will. Oh my god. Uh, Willard. I think for me, Dame's been the best player in the playoffs. You think so? Yes. I don't. I don't quite know off the top of my head how his first two games went. He was great. I mean, I believe it, but I think twenty nine points game two. But I mean, twenty. I mean, it's tough to top twenty five points in a quarter, as far as like individual performances go. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty. Sorry, Jim Murray, but yeah, early. Well, that was the fourth quarter. Let's not. True. And that was also for the win. True. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I might have to say Kawhi. I think for me, it's Dame, Kawhi, and Siakam have been the three best, in my opinion. Does this game just, like, cancel out Harden for you? No. Harden, I mean, Harden's up there, of course. He's been great. Same with like Steph. and 30-point triple-doubles don't just fall out of the sky. Same with Steph, of course. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, this game. And, like, honestly, I would probably put Siakam over Kawhi as well after Kawhi's struggles last game. Sure, that's fair. But, like, for me, it's Dame. This is the Dame playoffs. Um, we can only hope so. I just want to know how long it's going to go, you know? 2004 Detroit Pistons type shit. Holy shit. Let's get it. Let's go, baby. Um, and that's kind of NFL champ or NBA champion. Okay. I think that probably wraps it up. What are... Okay, while we're on, like, let's figure out what are our plans for covering the playoffs in future episodes of the show. Is that... do we Should we that just be what we do until the playoffs are done? Mm, like, how do we want to go about well, this? Well, we go to June. Um, so that leaves us two to three episodes. Yeah. Um, no. I don't think so. Okay. Do you I think maybe do... jump back in. Round finals? In, in like another month or so. Okay. Oh, um, Houston's up by four. With 10 seconds left? Six. That's over. I don't know. Here's what, they're, here's what the Jazz are going to do. They're going to uh, try to get it to Donovan Mitchell in the corner. And he's going to miss. And he's going to throw up a bad three-point shot because everybody's going to know that's what they're going to do. They're up five. It's, it's over. It's over. Houston, 3 nothing. Okay, so I guess we'll... Baby. All right, so I think Houston might actually end up getting the sweep here. Damn, that'd be crazy. So I had a sweeper five games. That'd be really... That'd be a statement. I think, uh, so it sounds like we'll return to basketball around finals time, mm-hmm. NBA finals time, where the Rick. Warriors will be playing the Bucks. Just kidding. Maybe. Um, okay, so I guess that's a tentative thing to look forward to, listeners. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Building and Food. We got new logos. Shout out to our friend Chris Ely for creating the artwork. That you see on the Apple Podcast and on SoundCloud with the little hamburgers. So it's very cool. Better than our holy shit piss car holdover from the PissCast days. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Unless you have any final thoughts on playoffs? Uh, nope. Okie dokie. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, how do I stop this? Then stop.